Good morning. This is Jim Coburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm here with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group. You can check us out on our website, commodityresearchgroup.com. We'd like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is January 12th. Andy, good morning. Good morning, Jim. I guess we... uh, we just, our last podcast was before Thanksgiving, and um, that's when we had the Omicron price dump, and um, it's just a, a little while longer. Omicron is still out there, record record infections, and yet the market is going wild on the upside. Take us through that. The, uh, yeah, the market is, has rallied. Uh, more than significantly since the uh, Omicron, since the, the November um, collapse, we're up, you know, I'm looking at gasoline where I'm looking at WTI, we're up 20, 30%. WTI challenging um, 2014 numbers over, over $80. And uh, certainly this type of rally was not expected in the least. Uh, from those who were selling prior to uh, Thanksgiving. But let's take a look at at what's happened since. I think one thing uh, on the demand side is uh, the market has clearly taken the view that uh, Omicron is not going to uh, affect demand as significantly as it it thought back in in November uh, or or December and that Omicron will be gone quickly and demand should start improving as we head into uh, later into the first quarter and uh, certainly second and, uh, and third quarters. So I think that that's, that's a big change. The other thing is governments are not, are not doing full-scale lockdowns like we saw in um, 2020. Uh, certainly China, China has been doing some severe lockdowns, but in Western Europe and in North America, we're seeing some lockdowns, uh, some travel restrictions, certainly, but we're not seeing those uh, wholesale uh, travel restrictions and lockdowns that, that we saw in uh, 2020. So demand numbers, you know, they've been coming in okay. I mean, not, we'll talk about the EIA later, the, the last two weeks were poor, but Globally, they've been coming in okay, and I think, and we'll talk about our, our expectations for uh, for later in the year. Secondly, certainly has been uh, production issues throughout the throughout the globe in uh, late December and, and in January. Uh, actually, in December and early January, uh, we saw issues with uh, a number of non-OPEC and uh, OPEC. Producers, Ecuador had uh, a force majeure. Uh, Nigeria had a uh, force majeure. Libya had a force majeure. Kazakhstan, there's been uh, political turmoil, which led to uh, production issues. 
freeze outs in uh, Canada and in uh, North Dakota, uh, leading this to some production issues in, uh, in North America. I mean, I've probably forgotten one or two, but certainly, you know, those were real. And we, we, lost, uh, we lost barrels uh, as a result. And, you know, that's given a fundamental underpinning, I think, to this, uh, to this rally, Jim. Yeah, so, so OPEC has uh, suggested that we're going to produce 400, OPEC plus produce 400,000 more barrels a day for two months in a row, and they haven't met those targets. Is that correct? Yeah, they haven't come close. You know, December OPEC production was probably was up, according to uh, Reuters, by about 70,000 barrels a day. And, uh, you know, you, we're, we're seeing some producers, the Persian Gulf producers, able to increase production. But the African uh, producers, certainly Angola being the, uh, you know, one, one of the the, the one that has really had issues getting anywhere near its, its quote, it's something, I think it's something like five or 600,000 barrels a day below where their uh, target is, maybe, maybe, a little, maybe a little less than that. Uh, but the African producers have been unable to, to meet their increases. So as a result, you know, OPEC isn't coming anywhere near uh, what, what, they've been, what their targets are. And um, certainly the market has, has uh, stood up here and, and taken note of these uh, monthly OPEC productions. And I, and I don't think of the monthly OPEC production. And I, and I don't think as we head into February and March, they're, they're not going to make another 400. Or, well, OPEC is, is 280 increase and OPEC plus is the other 120. And uh, certainly OPEC's not going to make the, the 280 increase. Uh, and non-OPEC is, and the OPEC plus is probably is not either because Kazakhstan is not increasing production, certainly uh, in January or February or probably March. And Russia too uh, is having some production issues. Of course, it is, uh, it is winter, but uh, you know, there's been chatter about uh, Russia being unable to increase production as we head on later in the year. And certainly again, you know, there's a bullish underpinning to the, uh, to the market. So you have demand holding up well and supply issues that may or may not be resolved in the short run. So that is telling me that we, we are still looking for stock draws in Q1 because it wasn't too long ago where you know, the EIA and some of the others were looking for builds. Yeah, I think that what, what we're going to say, we still do, we can't just write off that Omicron's going to have no effect whatsoever on demand in, in Q1. And, you know, I think as we head, as we head into Q2 and Q3, it'll have much less of an effect, but I think there is still going to be a demand effect. Uh, our, we're looking for stocks in the first quarter to be just about unchanged or up 0.2. What's significant, though, is that CRG has been steadily reducing that stock build. Uh, a month ago, I had the stock build at maybe one point over a million barrels a day, and now it's 0.2. It could go, you know, it, it, it certainly could go negative. OPEC is looking for a stock build. Well, they're they're probably around unchanged, and EIA also. 
around unchanged. The, the big difference again is those are all, as you said, Jim, those are all built, you know, a couple, few weeks ago. You're right. Everybody was looking for a build in the first quarter. So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see that. It's certainly, you know, it's possible they end up as draws. You know, we were, and, and what's interesting, not interesting, what's really critical about that is, you know, we ended the year with uh, very low global the inventories have, have drawn by globally probably uh, between a million and a million and a half barrels a day uh, over the last, um, you know, th through 2021. So we're, we're heading into 2022 with uh, low, inventory, low inventories and uh, we're really not going to get a chance. It doesn't look like we're going to get a chance to rebuild them as much as we thought, or if at all, uh, in the first quarter of 2022. Again, that's bullish. That's bullish for price. You know, there's yeah. a fundamental bullish factor. Right. So this, this is just not going up on uh, fund buying, although the funds have a lot of still have they've, they've increased their length, but they still have capacity to buy here. It looks it looks like uh, at least from the from the futures chart. The, the uh, February futures where it looks like we're breaking out over um, recent highs. I think from, if you looked at first nearby chart, we're not quite there yet, but funds, we, we're probably gonna see some funds kicking in that uh, we're probably kicking in as we speak. Oh yeah. I mean, we had a big liquidation. I'm just looking at the numbers here, Jim. Mm -hmm. there, there was a big liquidation uh, through throughout October and November to the point where Crude got down to something like five to one long from 15 to one long, say, mm. you know, longs versus shorts. And now we're rebuilding the length throughout uh, the first week, the first few weeks of uh, the, the throughout the last five or six weeks, the net length has uh, rebuilt, has rebuilt pretty significantly. Well, Net is probably ten thousand, so there's still room. You're right. Still room. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of room for uh, funds to get in, and you're right. And the other thing, Jim, you're definitely right. There, as as we speak, you as know, we, I'm yeah. sure they're just piling in. Get, getting back to the EIA and, and the stock draws and builds, they, they're looking at for the year a uh, stock build of about a half a million barrels a day, and they have. Um, they have uh, demand, global demand up by about three and a half, I think it's 3.6 million barrels. And my question to you is that they, they're also talking about a decline in price. I think they have Brent, you know, going from like 79 to 71 throughout the year. Uh, and it's on an average basis, monthly basis. But um, it seems to me that even though you have a slight build, if demand is growing by that much, you're actually your your day supply is declining, so so basically, you're it's a tighter situation, not a easier situation. You you agree yeah. with that? Oh, that's such a great point, Jim. And I think we're seeing that is you know you look at the structure, right? The Brent structure and the TI structure have both gone, uh, you know, have gone vertical towards uh, more and more backwardation. And uh, yeah, I mean, day supply are, are probably going to stay. You know, unchanged or or let or in, or decrease because demand is is should grow a lot in the uh, in in the second half. 
So, you know, under that scenario, it's hard to see like a major, you know, a major price decline. Of course, that that's certainly possible. <laughs> of course, um, as we know, I think you know in the market. Looking, getting back to our own balances. Yes, I think when you know the market looks that balanced, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh, that's so boring. The market's balanced. You know that that's the, it's not going to go anywhere." But if it's that tightly balanced, it means that if there's an imbalance event in any direction. You could see, you know, a really volatile market, and you know, look, I know looking at my own numbers, I have a lot of uncertainty, and, and so does the market about where OPEC is going to produce, and of course, demand is never any walk in the park. So, even though I, I think it's going to be balanced, you know, wrong in either direction could be a could be a big move up or down. Yeah, I, the other thing is. Um... In the EIA, they have surplus uh, capacity for OPEC, almost 4 million barrels in 2022. So I guess that would put a little sort of cap on how pri- how high prices could go, would you say? Or, or you think- uh, yeah, uh, um, you know, a lot that, that that capacity may get tested, you know? I mean, right. as, as we've known from the past, <laughs> as... Uh, you know, as the, as the spare capacity uh, declines, you know, prices tend tend to uh, increase. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where you know we'll see whether the the spare capacity. You know, there's also spare capacity in the U.S. and Iran. You know, there's plenty of there's a million barrels a day at least, or a million and a half barrels a day of capacity in uh, Iran. I don't I don't know if that four million includes Iran, Jim. I don't think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, there's spare capacity. Not that Iran is coming on anytime soon. And in fact, the uh, EIA just said we don't see them coming on in twenty in twenty twenty two. Right. And. Yeah, so so that's that's kind of a wild card, and and uh, I guess when when you're when you have a position on, you always if if you if you want to say uh, if you don't believe the three point nine number, you think it's tighter, you say you just don't agree with the assumptions and all that right. stuff. But, <laughs> but, but I guess uh, the question is, would, would would Saudi would Saudi Arabia be willing to see prices get up to the hundred dollar you know area before they? released more oil than the 400,000 a month, I guess. So what- yeah, that's another good, good uh, geopolitical question because, um, you know, certainly as both of us know, and you get over a hundred dollars and it sets off all kinds of alarms, you know, that's front page, big front page news in the wall street journal and, you know, the financial times and, uh, you know, obviously gas prices would be, gasoline prices would be much higher than what they are now. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be really good for Saudi-American relations, uh, U.S. relations to see uh, crude prices up over, over $100 or near, near $100. So, um, but again, you know, if their capacity is tested or if OPEC capacity is tested, you know, that that's, that's a big issue. Yeah, well, we certainly can't 
threaten anybody with release of SBR again. We see, we see what happened with that. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> uh, that, that didn't really stem the, stem the tide. No. Okay, so since we're talking about production, let's talk about U.S. production's uh, response. Can you just kind of briefly go through the EIA and, and basically what you're looking at? Yeah, I, I was really surprised by the EIA numbers. They're, they're looking for on, on production. I, I think they're much too low. Uh, the reason is that they have U.S. production for next year at 11.8 million barrels a day. Uh, well, we're at 11.7 already. So what the, that's where the exit is. You know, the, 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 actually the end of December was 11.8 and this last weekly for January 4th was 11.7, 11.7. So they don't, they have us basically with no growth for the first half of the year uh, of next year. And then, you know, we, we struggle up to over 12 million by the, by uh, November of next year which would be a growth of only like two or 300,000 barrels a day. That, I, I think that's way too low. I and mean, we look at where prices were, uh, where prices are now and the rig count. Uh, I certainly think that production is going to be higher next year than, uh, than 11.8 as, as an average. We're, we're looking for about 12.15, which would be a growth of uh, from exit, you know, that's 0.35. But, uh, you know, we, we basically have growth on production just about every quarter. First quarter could be problematic on uh, if there are any weather problems. And of course, you can't forecast, you know, it's hard to forecast the hurricanes, uh, you know, any, right. any hurricane issues. So I think they're, I think they're way too low. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe you might be a little low, Andy. To be I could honest. be low. <laughs> I, I could be low at twelve one uh, at twelve one five. I mean, the year. If you think about di- discipline, I mean, you keep you keep waving candy in front of a kid who who might have the best discipline in the world. At, at some point, he's going to grab for that. And I and I think if these prices stay high, I mean, is it? Do you think there's a bottleneck of being able to hire people to in order to get to those products? Is it? Is that is there a bottleneck there or is it? Yeah, I think, uh, well, discipline. We have have to give credit where credit is due because the, the, you know, the Permian producers and the shale producers did exercise amazing discipline, capital discipline uh, in 2021, much more than I think many in the market thought that they were capable of. And, uh, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll see if they're, you know, where they're going to go in, uh, in 2022, uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely there's de- they're definitely having problems on uh, labor's a problem. Certainly, cost inflation is a uh, is a problem. You know, there were some reports that costs could be up as much as 10 to 20 percent this year. And this really, given where you know where we you see raw well, material costs, that's certainly possible, right? Uh, I mean, you could definitely see that, uh, which would eat into uh, profit margins. But, you know, down the curve, we're in the mid-70s. And mid-70s is is a pretty good, you know, you're still making money even with a 10%. You're still making good money even with a 10% increase. 
in, in, in costs. So maybe you're right. Maybe I am too low. I think, I think that's going to be the surprise of the year, how these guys come roaring back, but that's, I was wrong. I was wrong for a couple of years already. So um, I get one more year and then I have to stop. Yeah, me too. I thought we'd be way higher than, than, uh, than where we're at. So maybe some of the anti-fossil fuel rhetoric gets toned down after what's been happening around the world, especially in Europe where they, you know, they, uh, Natural gas was seen to be as an evil, you know, carbon spewing gas. And now it seems that it's much more acceptable and even nukes are being much more accepted uh, in, in Europe. So, so maybe there's less sort of pounding of by politicians of oil companies this year when, uh, you know, we, we kind of need the, need the barrels. I don't know. Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, if prices you know, gas prices start moving towards, uh, you know, close to $4. You know, the, the one, you, you know who the, uh, you know, who the boogeyman is. It's always the oil companies. Oh, yeah. Price gouging. Yep. Yeah, price yep. gouging. Yep. They're making too much money, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know if that, you know, if the haters are going to let, you know, are going to let the oil companies off the, off the hook. Yeah. Um, produce more oil. Drill, baby, drill. What else, Andy? Ga uh, gasoline demand. How's that? You said you said demand's holding up. I assume you mean gasoline. It was holding up. The last two weeks have been horrendous. Yeah. Uh, for for gasoline demand, it's you know that we're, we're into the end of the year, and it's hard to you know that you had like a eight one and a seven nine you know some really low numbers and the week before it was i think nine seven the four week average is low at uh eight seven versus the five year is like nine one that's a million barrels a day 9.05 but again you have two squirrely weeks in there which showed gasoline stocks up to 18 million barrels over the last two weeks so i, I it, it's hard to get a picture December ended up being pretty good uh, on demand for uh, on gasoline demand. You know, we'll see. It, it generally weakens in uh, January and February. That that's seasonal. But bigger trends. You know, I think that uh, we're, we're not seeing. I think we're going to see miles traveled increase this year as uh, more people take vacations. Uh, the job numbers are still you know, are still very strong. So there, there's, you know, there's still job creation. And, you know, that that from a macro standpoint, obviously is going to be constructive for uh, for gasoline demand. On the bearish side is is the pump prices really didn't come down all that much. And uh, there, there could be a slight demand effect on the, on the downside. But I, I, th I think overall, we'll see a decent year of, of growth. For, uh, for gasoline demand this year. Globally, I think that Asia is going to see a really good year for, uh, for gasoline uh, demand growth because the, you know, there were lockdowns uh, in third or fourth quarter throughout Asia. Maybe not, again, maybe not so much in, for China, but I think Asia is going to be uh, pretty, is going to see some decent demand this year in Europe too. Uh, demand should be uh, should be okay. Uh, so gasoline demand, I, th I think we're in for a good year this year, Jim. And what about distillates? 
I mean, it... distillates, distillates too for for diesel. Well, heating oil. I mean, diesel's going crazy right now. The you know the big the big story is it finally got cold here. And, yeah. You know the dealers in New England where demand is where demand is just about the strongest. Their 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 stockouts going on. So um, you know inventories for uh, diesel and for for diesel are, are low in Pad One uh, and pretty low in uh, in Europe as well. So you know we're we're seeing we're seeing pretty strong demand and and at least right now and and certainly diesel is a is, is very uh, car is highly correlated to the um, you know, to the economy, the GDP has been marked down, I think. I think the World Bank just marked it down to, I think it was 4.1 from 4.4, Jim, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, the 4% growth is still, it's not as much as, as last year, uh, which, which will probably end up being close to the six. But, you know, it's still pretty good growth. And diesel should, uh, you know, that, that's going to help. That's going to help diesel de- uh, distillate demand uh globally so you know we should see decent demand for for distillate and, and petrochemicals also i think we're going to have a good uh, another good demand particularly in the u.s where we've got some uh new crackers getting ready to uh you know get getting ready to um or be, uh, yeah crackers want to crack the crackers want to crack, so I think this is going to be, you know, there's going to be, at least the EIA is saying, and I, I do agree, I, I think ethane demand is going to be off the charts in, uh, in 2022 in the U.S., and globally it should be, petrochemical demand should be uh, very strong if the economy is up 4%, maybe not as strong as, as this year, but still, you know, at least by a growth standpoint, it'll, it'll still grow, but not, not, not what we did uh, what we did this year. I was uh, looking at that other other oils indicator in the, or, or category in um, the weekly numbers that came out this morning. And uh, it shows the four-week average is up 11.6% from, um, from last year. That's a pretty good jump. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's 5.7 million barrels a day of, they call product supplied, maybe implied demand. That's, that's becoming a bigger and bigger part. Oh my goodness! Definitely right. That's you know, right. Second to gasoline now. Yeah, that's I mean, all the all the aims. Well, not propane, but uh, you know a lot of the NGLs except yep. uh, except for propane and uh, propylene. Well, the hydro- so yeah. yeah, that's a bigger and bigger number. Yeah, and that's uh, it seems to be booming in demand. So Jim, let let's talk some options. Yeah. Uh, what, well. Uh, you know what? What are we seeing in the in the options world? Are you still seeing that uh, bullish sentiment you've been talking about? Uh, yes and no. It, it seems to um, let's say on this rally. Obviously, I don't know the minds of people who are trading this stuff, but just taking it from a macro, you know, view, we we had a pretty we finally had a decent volume day yesterday, and uh, so you had you had more calls than puts trade. And I'm talking about Brent plus WTI. So figure about 180,000 calls traded for both of them and about 150 puts, a little bit more calls. And they're balanced pretty much on new open interest. And so you had 
in Brent, you had 20,000 new calls, about 20,000 new puts. In WTI, you only had 11,000 new calls and 24,000 new puts. So it's kind of, you know, I'm looking for, I always look for like extreme situations. Um, yesterday was kind of interesting because we had, you know, the call volume was around 53,000 for Brent and open interest actually declined. So, so in that case, it, what was, I think was happening is you saw some June calls being sold out and maybe rolling into December. So I, I think there's a lot of people with positions on, in the, on the upside calls. And as this market moves, they start kind of rolling up and down and out. And um, that's, that's what it looks like uh, to me. But there is, we're seeing at these levels, increased open interest on the puts. And that tells you that, you know, that's probably, obviously speculators are in there, but also probably some producers are coming in to hedge uh, going, going out uh, for this year and seeing good prices. So uh, we'll see if that continues. Um, like I said, the volume hasn't been that great over the holidays. The implied vol is, it, it got up to 67 and a half uh, end of November on that price dump. And now uh, for WTI, and now it's around uh, 37 and a half for Feb, 35 for March. And that's more of a, you know, long-term average. Cons- we, we, I use like 33% for the long-term average. You know, the market's rallying, which tends to put a damper on vol. But out in December of 22, vol's up to 39.2, which is, which is kind of high to see in a market that's rallying. So, so it's probably put buying and call buying in the, uh, December of, um, of this year. But uh, again, there's just, it, it, I wouldn't say there's a lot going on in the world of options, except for maybe yesterday. We'll see if it's a trend. Let's pick up in volume. I'd suspect that, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting you say that you see, you see interest on both sides. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you would think that producers, as we get up here, that, that this is a, you know, that they're going to want to look at at least down the curve. You yeah. Know? Kind of look for things that are uh, unusual. So if the market, let's say the market trades down sharply like it did in November you would expect implied volatility to go up. But what happens if the price trades down and volatility goes down? That's, that's something that's sort of odd. And um, the, the thing that would be odd, is kind of odd now, is if the market goes up and you begin to see uh, open interest, in, like good volume and calls and open interest goes down. Now that, that wouldn't be odd as if you're coming up to expiration. You see a lot of that, you know, people liquidating uh, front month options, but but um, on Monday we saw June options being liquidated in in Brent, and you know it's just something different than what you normally see. So that's that's kind of stuff I look for. And volumes, the vol in second month March uh, th- is thirty five one. So it's not not much different than say I would call that average volume. And if you want to go a little deeper. We've seen a rally. So what would you expect to happen with the skew? That's that's looking at the, say, uh, an out-of-money put vol versus an out-of-money call vol. You would expect that to come in. And uh, and that's what's happened. We've gone from uh, like minus 14 a week ago to like minus eight. And that's that's on a, on a June contract. So, that, so that's kind of... Right. Yeah, yeah that, made, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like... Uh, 
you know, um, dog dog bites man. It's not it's not, not news. If if it's man bites dog, then it's news. Well, yeah. You know, one thing that just to add from the conversation is you're getting a lot of analysts coming out with uh, pretty pretty high numbers. You know, yeah. I, I think you're, you're getting analysts who are, you know, you not universal, but we're getting a lot of hundreds, you know, yeah. out of, out into the market. And and one analyst yesterday uh, started talking about 114, 114 for uh, 2023. So you know that that's out. You know, that's yeah. out there. Yeah, it's, it gets yeah. into the market's consciousness. I think uh, yes, it's um, it's interesting. These aren't people that you're pulling off the floor who are looking at their point and figure charts. These are, these are real, like uh, they're, they're, they're barrel counters. Not, not that that's a better way to predict price than point and figure charts. I'm just saying these, these folks, you know, they, they count that like you, they count every single, single barrel. They're not, uh, they're not crazy people that. No, in fact, there, you know, a lot, there's two of them in particular that I, uh, that I highly respect. Yes. Uh, that do you it's good exactly jim they're barrel counters they right. you know it's not out of nowhere that they're coming out with this number no, we, do, um, we do have and, some permables it's so, not a permable no, no right. clearly not they're definitely not permables so you know that's it that that i think is another factor you know that, yeah that's out there well i tell know. you what make, what makes me nervous andy is my my view is is kind of rolled into the consensus that this thing is moving higher and I, that's what makes me nervous so yeah that's when i start looking at buy puts <laughs> that is exactly right, right. I think. And you've been very good over the years for pointing out some great contrary indicators you know besides uh besides sentiment yeah you know certain when certain sectors of the market decide it's time to hedge and <laughs> inevitably it's, right. it's it's the wrong way hedge well, we we had one customer a long time ago said, uh, you know, I don't know where prices are going, but I know where they're not going. And then they, and they sold a, a boatload of out-of-the-money calls. And um, I wanted to call up my – and he said, they're, ne they're never going above that price. And I said, oh, boy, I want to call my grandmother and take some money right. out of her account and buy those calls. But um, anyway, yeah, you get those – when you hear those – you know, whenever when everybody's on the same side of a market, you, you beware. And I'm not quite, you know, it's a degree here because some people are bullish, but some people aren't aren't as bullish as those folks you just talked about. Right, right, right. There, you know? And there are certain there are bears, um, and there are some bears out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, Andy, you're the good point about Omicron. It's it's not done yet, and then we don't know what's behind Omicron. What's the next variant that's poking its head up? Is it going to be? deadlier i mean it, did we just get lucky with omicron and not, when i say lucky i mean that it's not as um as vicious as delta and um although it's you can catch it easier you know we don't know what's what's behind there and then also uh things like the fed we don't know if uh russia is going to move into ukraine we you know there's there's all these things that are in the background we don't know what iran's going to do you know that's that's why we like watching this thing. Yeah, and and as we've learned over our long and uh, somewhat dis distinguished careers, the, the the big surprise is something that you're not you, 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 
you're not focusing on right, right? The, that it just comes out of out of nowhere you know yep. whether it's infrastructure or something you know this you could say geopolitical infrastructure you know but it's always something that you really hadn't you know hadn't anticipated would happen well and, I, uh, I do believe i knew you andy before you knew where Carg island was yeah right <laughs> i think so, you did yeah take it stuff takes you, you around the world right and it comes back right it comes back every decade or so where well actually we've never stopped talking about it but uh yeah uh, Carg so island. just uh maybe uh finishing up here andy what what's your price projection what do you what do you what kind of range are you working with or what are you what are you seeing for just next month or two i think the market uh i i don't see it going to a uh, hundred by, you know, by end, at least this, this quarter uh, or, you know, I'm not really looking for it for this year. The, this rally, frankly, has, uh, you know, it has, it has surprised me and it, it does look as though, you know, we have a chance to, well, we're in the mid eighties now, you know, we're moving into the mid eighties right now, yep. uh, which would have, which, really was my projected high with Jim. Right. <laughs> was was mid 80. So we'll have to we'll have to raise that a little maybe maybe you know maybe down the maybe up to 90 for the for the next couple of months because we're pretty close yep. here. And uh certainly we get a you know any type of uh surge on on production or uh we, we start seeing some of the some of the non-OPEC and OPEC producers uh, able to, to increase more than we thought, or U.S. production in particular, uh, to increase more than, than we thought. You know, I, I, I think the market could certainly get uh, back into the lower, lower 70s. You, lower to mid, you know, lower to mid 70s, something, something like that, which is a wide range. But I, I think that, that fits with uh, some of the uncertainties coming up. And as you mentioned, you know, from, from a macro standpoint, the, the, the non-oil, you know, and the non-oil standpoint, the, there's certainly any number of things that could, uh, you know, that could derail this rally. So um, if I were to say to you, let's, let's say the current price is around 85, we're at 83, actually, um, what's higher probability over this year or, or, or which price comes first, put it that way? $60 or 110. I would that's a good that is I probably bet on the on the lower price rather than the higher price and and I think the reason is there's too much you know the the as you said Jim you know the crowd is on that 110. Right. Yeah. So, you know, hardly anyone is talking about $60. Do I really think it's going to get down to 60? You know that that could be a that could be a macro. You know, some something that something would have happened the, the, as you were saying. That could be an, another virus that's worse than Omicron. You know, another variant worse than, than Omicron, or something like you know something yeah. like that on the on the end use. Very good. Let's wrap it up, Andy. Anything else you want to talk about that we missed? Sure, there's no, I I think, well, there's plenty that we missed, (laughs) I'm sure, Jim. Yeah, you know, and there's plenty people probably want to hear. And I think, um, you know, as we move 
as we move into this year, you know, I think we're, we're going to try to talk more. Uh, we're going to definitely get somebody to talk about LNG oh, yeah. and another natural gas. Last year, we talked to Stephen Short about natural gas, and uh, oh, yeah. we'll try to get another, you know, another, another analyst to talk about natural gas and LNG. And we will definitely be talking more about the transition, you know, as it, as it begins to unfold. Beautiful. Okay. Um, and you can find me uh, at uh, commodityresearchgroup.com or I'm on LinkedIn as well. Look me up.